Hello and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast, a series of healthy conversations with inspiring hustlers. I'm your happy host, Madeline Carafa, self-proclaimed health enthusiast and full-time hustler. Through storytelling, I combined health, well-being and business with a fresh perspective to share the stories of some of the most influential and inspiring hustlers. Whether you're looking for an engaging and easy to digest pep talk or a boost of healthy enthusiasm to fuel your health and wellness goals, the Healthy Hustlers podcast is your go-to for kicking butt in work and play. After 20 years as our country's golden girl, Megan Gale stepped away from her booming career to focus on motherhood and her journey as creator of The Mindful Life, a lifestyle brand that she launched in line with Mother's Day this year. Born and raised in Perth, the mother of two is one of our country's most highly recognised and respected supermodels. With a career that spanned over two decades as a sought-after model, actress, TV host and brand ambassador. Joining me for a very healthy conversation, Megan chats about her career path, the incidents that took place that made her decide to slow down, her role as a mother and the importance of mindfulness. Introducing Australia's newest feel-good place for all things health, beauty and wellness. Beautifullyhealthy.com.au is here, your new must-go-to shop for all your health, beauty and wellness needs. Megan, hello and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm absolutely delighted to have you here. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm excited to be here. No, it's such an exciting time and a very exciting time for you launching your new business, Mindful Life. How has that all been so far? It's been great. It's been a busy, gosh, almost five years since I sort of started out thinking along, you know, creating this business and it's sort of evolved a lot along the way, which I'm sure we'll talk about um, as we continue the chat. But I'm in the phase now after having launched of, you know, a business that's live and that's, yeah. you know, and juggling that side of things mm-hmm. because in, in the prior to launching, you know, you're just kind of preparing and you're going through all your different phases of pre-production and then you've got your production side and then it's okay you plan for launch and then once that happens, it's a whole new phase that starts. So it's my first solo business venture. So it's a lot of learnings for me as well, but it's good. I could imagine. Yeah. It's all mine though. And that's that's the good thing. Absolutely. And I'm sure after working for brands, you know, for so many years, it would Mm. be so amazing to have your own little baby that you've seen, you know, come to life. So absolutely. Very exciting journey for you. Yeah. Now, I always like starting the conversations by finding out something about the guests that most people might not necessarily know. And I think it's always a bit of an interesting one because, you know, with social media these days and in particular with you who, you know, has been in the public eye for so many years, it's always nice to get that little insight into what's behind the scenes of Megan, who she is. So do you have anything fun or quirky that people might not know about you? There's things that I think people aren't going to know and then you'll get into an interview and someone pulls something out that they've read. I'm like, how did you know that? That's all down to very good researching. Um, maybe I'll say a few. Okay. Just to cover that. off. Yes, I so like maybe it. there's like, – we're going to cover off. Um, I'm the youngest of three children. Yeah. So I'm the baby. Oh, no. I was hit by a car when I was very little. Oh, my goodness. How old? Yeah, I was five. 
Really? Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like I was in hospital for ages. But, you know, I think it made me very – it was a pro, you know, horrible thing and especially for my mum. And I was crossing, waiting to cross the road to go to school and I kind of slipped on the curb and when well, I was waiting for the lollipop lady. Yeah. And, um, yeah, a van came and clipped my legs. Oh, my goodness. And luckily I was near the school so I had the – I think it was the gardener. He was gardening in the front. And he picked me up and carried me to the sick bay and they called my mum. I can still remember it so oh, vividly. I was going to say, yeah, do you? But it made me very wary about crossing the road mm-hmm. from then on for yes. the rest of my life. I've always been very cautious and cautious with my kids and it was probably a good thing to happen in the mm. long run. I'm trying to teach myself the ukulele. Are you really? I'm trying to. I think that's the Polynesian in me. That is amazing. That, <laughs> that um, the, the Polynesian gene that... Um, I really want to – I've just always loved the sound of it. I'm terrible. Yeah, that's okay. You're trying. (laughs) But practice makes perfect like with a lot of things. So, yeah, I really want to That is awesome. I really like that. When did you start? Well, I actually had the desire to start probably about five or six years ago and Sean, my partner, actually got me a – he customised a ukulele for me and it's got – like a hibiscus painted oh, on it and my so initials. Yeah. yeah. And um which is really was a amazing, thoughtful, beautiful present. I was gonna say what a beautiful thing to pick up every time you play and you know, to have yeah. that memory of him thinking to get you that made. That's Absolutely. So beautiful. But it it was something that I always wanted to do when I was pregnant with my first child. Okay. Because I wanted them to hear it. And I did it for a little bit, but I was, you know, just got too busy and didn't sort of think to stop enough to play it. But now it's one of those things, you know, and again it goes back to this whole path I'm on about encouraging mindfulness that it's something that can help me disconnect from all the other Mm. things I'm doing in my life yeah and focus on that and so um it's a reminder for me to kind of that's my little tool one of the tools that I use and I um, really love that it's so beautiful such a beautiful sound that's it's almost like a little bit of self-care in a way as well Mm. isn't it to just really you know switch your mind off and to have that time where you can completely zone out away yeah and focus on something else absolutely yeah oh I love that that was a great icebreaker (laughs) (laughs) now aligning with the theme of the show I always like finding out a little healthy habit that you've been nailing this week and Mm -hmm. now you have had a pretty crazy few weeks launching your new business a lot of media and travel involved so is there something that has helped you kind of get through the last few weeks and really stay on top of your game? Do you know what? It has been really hectic and I think one thing I've been talking about a lot in the last couple of weeks because I think all of us have a lot on our plates in these kind Mm. of modern times you know we're trying to do it all and have it all and be it all and you know we're trying to be businessmen and women and have kids and keep up our social game and try and do it all and I think for me it's been about checking in and knowing when to pull up stumps Mm -hmm. and go no enough enough and I've, I've sort of been in a position the last couple of weeks as well when my partner was away where there was more pressure on me to do all of those things And with the launch of the business, I had to be very careful about pulling up stumps and saying no more because it's a really important time. And sometimes you have to just keep pushing on. Mm -hmm. But what's helped me is just checking in with myself going, well, I can feel myself getting a bit run down. I can feel Mm. myself getting a little bit tired and a bit exhausted and a bit depleted. So um, I was having to kind of work once the kids went to bed. So I kind of stopped that for a few nights Mm -hmm. and I replaced my laptop, which sounds so bloody corny, 
but I replaced my laptop with a chamomile tea. Oh, that's so nice. To help me unwind yeah. and to yeah. go, no, I'm going to light a candle. I'm going to have a chamomile. Mm. I'm going to sit in bed and do that and not be on my computer. Definitely. And it kind of was just about, again, it's just about self-care and about um, tapping back in. Mm-hmm. But you know what the other thing I did too, because it has been a bit hectic lately, um, I started to put the wheels in motion of planning a holiday. Oh, nice. Because, and I won't be able to do it for at least a couple of months, yeah. but I think when you're overwhelmed and overworked and under the pump, if you've got a light at the end of the tunnel, yes. you kind of have got the motivation to keep going. Mm-hmm. It's not just this grind. Mm-hmm. So it might not be a holiday. It could be a massage in a day spa or Definitely. it could be something that's mm-hmm. for you that you go, okay, I've got that to look forward to. I'm yeah. going to keep going. Yeah. And keep checking in with yourself along the way so you don't deplete. But that's another thing. I was like, I'm going to book that and get that there so I can. I know I've got some a little treat at the end. I think that's such good advice, and it all goes back to mindfulness and you yep. know checking, like you say, checking with yourself and giving yourself the space to be able to feel how you're actually feeling in those moments. Yeah. And I know um, one of my girlfriends. She's in a pretty hectic job, and she was actually saying how she's like, I just needed to know I had a day to myself. So she's mm. you know taken a mental health day in in two weeks, and she's booked awesome. herself in for a massage. And and I just thought that is. Like I just felt so happy when she told me that because I thought, you know, you really are allowing yourself the space to listen to what your body needs yep. instead of just being on that rat race of go, 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 which is, you know, we're all guilty of it. We because, are, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, that that balance is a constant readjustment. You know, there's so many things, like you say, you mm. you know, building businesses, family, all these diff- – your partner being away, all these different things that come into play yep. that we need to keep rebalancing yep. um, and realigning. So. And that's why you've got to keep checking in, as you say, because things will change along the way. And I think it's about checking in with yourself being honest with yourself and not judging. Like, yes. going, well, why aren't I, you know, juggling it all? That person is and that person is and why can't I? Definitely. It's just like it is the way it is. Mm-hmm. How are we going to fix it? Let's yes. not get stressed. Let's problem solve. How, what's going to make you feel better? Yeah. You know, and not feeling guilty about doing that I think is really important as well. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. because you can't give from, you know, an empty glass as well. So the more That's that you're it. giving back to yourself, you know, you're really actually just giving to everyone else mm-hmm. better in the long run. So That's it. Now, I would like to take it all the way back and get a little sneak peek into Megan growing up in Perth. Can you shed some light on what your childhood was like? Pretty typical. There was nothing extraordinary. As I said before, I'm the youngest of three, so two older brothers. And, you know, growing up in Perth is really, it's such a, it's such a, I don't know if you've ever been. Only once. Only once. Very quick. It's far away. I mean, it's one of the most isolated cities in the world, but it's, um, it's a just a beautiful, slow-paced, relaxing little town to grow up in. The weather's usually beautiful. Yeah. And, yeah, like I said, I was a little bit of a tomboy as well. Yeah, okay. Kind of split, like yeah. half half loved playing with my Barbies yeah. and then the other half <laughs> just loved because I don't know whether it was from having two older brothers but just really loved, you know, climbing trees and trying to catch blue tongue lizards and you know getting dirty and getting mucky and half the time I dress like a girl and half the time I dress really tomboyish so which I loved as well I loved that I wasn't really I don't ever remember my mum guiding me to be oh you've got to dress in pink and you've got to be yes. an early girl and you've got to if anything she discouraged my desire like once I hit my teens and you see all your peers kind of going through colouring their hair and wearing makeup mm. and you know experimenting with all those beauty looks and and trends and my mum 
never encouraged it. If anything, she discouraged mm. it because I think she it wasn't like she was trying to keep me ugly, but it. <laughs> well, I think let's it was be honest, more. Those trends were pretty ugly. <laughs> I think um, it was more that she was trying to not have me focus on the external so much, yes. and also not ruin what I naturally mm. had. Not trying to like slop makeup on and put chemicals in my hair. Yeah. And at the time, I thought she was just not being very fun and being boring. But in hindsight, I think she was just trying to preserve me as a young girl. What a beautiful quality to instill in you in such a young age. I think so. I, I think didn't get it then though, no. unfortunately. And I'll probably try and do the same to Rosie and yes. she'll hate me for it. But hopefully when she gets older, she'll Definitely. appreciate it. Do you know, it's funny becoming a mum soon. I've mm. been thinking a lot about the things that my mum kind of instilled in us as kids and my mum was a hairdresser so she oh, was wow. exactly like your mum when it came to oh, the hair. really? And is this not that great? let me touch my hair. Was always just because the whole top deck look was in when I was like 16 which yep. was like bleach blonde or was it yeah one or the other blonde on the top and dark underneath yeah something like that and I remember just being like so upset that she would not let me do that when you become a mum you then have a greater appreciation from some of their viewpoints and their learnings and why they would say what they did or do what they did you kind of go okay I get it now sorry and even with age I think that comes doesn't it you look back and you think oh okay they were actually just had my best interests at heart yeah (laughs) absolutely yeah but yeah so would you say growing up in Perth helped shape your identity in any way? I'm not sure the location had much much to do with it. I think we kind of sometimes we can be obviously um, affected by our environment but I feel like what shaped me more was my parents and yes. and, and, and more my family environment not mm-hmm. so much sort of Perth itself. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would probably turn out more or less the same if I if I still had my same you know my parents um and the way that they've raised me but you raise an interesting point in 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 that perhaps there is that element of a smaller town rather than growing up in like a big kind of thriving Mm -hmm. Sydney or you know Melbourne which is a lot more cultural I suppose in a lot of ways so so maybe there's an element of the small town that kind of you know and I, to your layers as well. Definitely. And I guess I asked that just growing up in quite a remote little coastal oh, town as well. Yeah, down I grew up down near Phillip Island in Cape Patterson. There's oh, like beautiful. 900 people. It was tiny. And I definitely think now that being removed from that hustle and bustle of Melbourne has right. definitely helped shape probably the person I am or or maybe even just the the things that I enjoy or I need to constantly have in my life to be Mm. able to perform at my best and that, you know, Mm. is being around nature and getting back to the beach and it's definitely a very calming place for me. So, yeah, yeah, I guess that's why I wanted to touch on that to see if that kind of has had an impact on you. I definitely Um, think when I go back to Perth, which sadly I don't get to do a lot now, but when I do go back there is just that sense of – home Mm. you know you're connecting back to your roots and I think that's very grounding yes um and like you're saying you know you kind of connect back into to things because it changes a lot like I go back to Perth and I'm like oh my god that that area's changed and that's changed and but there's also in saying that there's a sense of familiarity which is quite comforting I think too yeah definitely 
So moving on to your career, you have had an absolutely phenomenal career. You're one of our country's most highly recognised and respected supermodels, the face of David Jones for 13 years, an actress, the co-host of Australia's Next Top Model, host of Project Runway. The list honestly goes on. I was reading your hats. I've worn, I've jammed jammed a fair lot in. I was, um, yeah, reading your website and a few different articles before this and I was just like, oh my goodness. And it's funny because it's I happened over a long back, time. It's yeah. like I've done it in five years. No, and, and it really made <laughs> me think back to when I was younger and seeing you on TV. And I thought, you know, I remember sitting in the lounge room with with my family, and my mum and dad used to just love you on TV. Oh, they were always, they? Oh, always, and it was so funny. I, I, you know, those memories started trickling back to me when I looked in this interview, and I. I Mum and dad were the first people I messaged and I was like, I'm interviewing Megan Gale and they were just so excited. (laughs) And I um, I do mum and dad. (laughs) So I'm sure they listen. I'm sure they listen. Oh, lovely. Um, But, yeah, no, I really remember you, you know, being such an iconic person in Australia for so many years. And so to just see your career path is incredible and to be at the top of your game for so long is absolutely amazing. And I'm sure is it sometimes still a little bit surreal for you to think back or has it just been a journey that's kind of continued on and and now you're taking more time to reflect? Now I kind of recognise it as a journey that's gone in a lot of different directions. As you sort of said, I've worn a lot of different hats and it's kind of evolved over time into where I am now. But I think it was surreal, I think, when I started going to Italy because yes. initially I had such a hard time getting modelling work mm-hmm. and, and having that illustrious career. Like it, it wasn't – I wasn't one of those success stories where, you know, I was plucked from obscurity and then whisked off to New York or to, to Paris and, you know, that wasn't my story. And that's mm-hmm. often the case. When, when girls have a big success story in modelling, it's usually because – you know, they're very much in demand and yes. from the get-go and, you know, everyone's clamouring around them to help them build their career. What was with me, it was just kind of fighting tooth and nail to get a mm-hmm. job so I could have some money that I could keep supporting myself until I hopefully got a break. So it wasn't a great first five years. It was a lot of tail between the legs and mm-hmm. going back to Perth to try and get money work there where I knew I could work to get money to come back to spend it all on supporting myself so it wasn't great initially but I think when I did get that job that kind of put me on the map in Italy and then had a ripple effect back home it kind of went from struggling and hoping to get more work to being inundated with work so crazy being followed around by paps and oh my goodness. you know people wanting your autograph like it's yeah. such an extreme and and quickly yes and then all of a sudden a t- you're like what, what's okay and at 23 when normally your career is winding down mm. and you've had your, your moment yes that's when it all kind of happens so I really kind of have a really unique kind of story which I yes, love I mean it was at the time, like, oh, I wish it could have happened the way it happens to most girls. But now I'm like, I'm so glad it happened this way because I Absolutely. think it sets a really good example for girls who are wanting to succeed in modelling because it is very cutthroat, mm-hmm. thinking that it's got to be that success story when it can happen later, it can happen in a different way, in an unconventional way and mm-hmm. still be good. 
Definitely. Um, and I think it's so important to, you know, everyone's journey is a little bit different. And, yeah. you know, some of the downfalls, I guess, these days can be social media and the impact that we think everyone's an overnight success where, mm. you know, there's probably a lot of heart and hustle that goes into it well before we're seeing their success over social media. And I think it says a lot about your determination and your heart and passion for what you were doing to, you know, really ride out those five years as well. And yeah. Italy was a TV commercial, is that yeah. right? And yeah. you just skyrocketed. 20 years ago, actually. My 20, goodness. Just, just had that 20-year kind of anniversary with it. And that's where everything just kind of changed for me and allowed me to then engage with more clients and work back yes. home. I mean, not long after that is when David Jones signed me. Okay. So, and as you said, that went on for 13 years. And from that, then my profile grew back here and then mm-hmm. things came in like TV work and other clients yeah. and... But if that hadn't happened, I don't know. Where, where would where, be. No, yeah. I don't. I mean, we do. We never know. How crazy! It's like that butterfly sliding doors. Moment. Totally, totally. <laughs> and I almost didn't go back to that audition because I'd been to, I think, the initial audition because everyone like it was like a major kind of cattle call mm-hmm. um, for that casting, and I got sort of shortlisted and shortlisted, and then I think there were eight of us, and I went that morning and went for what I thought was a third audition and final audition and then I was like, right, cool, okay, I'm going to the beach because it was summer. <laughs> went to the beach, met my friends on North Bondi and then my agent called me in the afternoon and he said they want you to go back. Oh, my goodness. And it was in North Sydney, which was too far yes. from where I was. Yeah. And I was like, really? <laughs> I can't do that. But I've been this morning and this is me being young and just selfish. <laughs> um, come on, I've just, just got to the beach and it's like, well, you know, they really want to see you again. It's pretty much now between you and one other girl. My goodness. Because there wow. was a, another Italian, one of the clients, I think it was someone from the advertising agency hadn't met me and wanted mm-hmm. to meet me just to kind of sight me and see me in front of camera again. So I was like, okay, jumped in the car, went back, <laughs> met them. But I think if I hadn't have done that, they would have just given it to the other Definitely. girl because I would have thought, well, she doesn't care. What a good decision and that's why to you make just go, Yeah, I know. Imagine if I chose the beach. Seriously. Oh, my goodness. Because I know, I know. But something in me was just going, get in the car, get go in back. The car. How that goes so back to that kind of intuition and that gut feeling, isn't it? I think sometimes you just know yep. when something's right for you and you've just got to keep keep going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So do you have a career highlight with all that you have achieved? It's really hard to pinpoint one. There's been quite a few moments where there's been pinch me moments, I think, and they're all so different. Mm. Like I think being able to be in a film like Mad Max was yeah. incredible. Yeah. Really incredible the whole entire experience from going to Namibia to film that and, you know, have, my God, sharing scenes with Charlize <laughs> Theron when she's an Oscar winner, it's, uh, it's pretty full on, can I just it's say. It's insane. But she was Even amazing and very understanding. <laughs> and then going to the premiere. I mean, all of yeah. that was just such a, a beautiful, wild ride. And then my Italian years were, mm-hmm. were wonderful in their own way and then I guess having that career back in Australia – it's its own special kind of thing. And then I think, you know, even where I'm at now for me, I think this is a different again, but it's a highlight. I mean, I think seeing my products come to life mm, from absolutely. just an idea to an actual 3D real product sitting in front of me. Yeah. 
and seeing that all kind of come to life is is another pinch me moment as well. Very different so, from all the other no, ones. No, definitely. But there's not one that I could say sort of trumps the others. That's been, yeah. And they're all different experiences, I guess, and have, yeah. have been able to bring different things to your life. So, yeah. And I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I've, I've been able to do all these different things and have these, you know, little highlights. Yes. Yeah, mm. absolutely. No, I'm just – your career path is absolutely incredible. And, I, yeah, I hope you're really proud. I'm sure you are. But, um, yeah. yeah, as an uh, – you know, I have – I've been an onlooker on your journey for quite some time. Like I said, I remember being a, a kid watching you at home with the family on TV <laughs> and just being like, oh, in awe of, of Megan Gale. So it's yeah, oh, really nice to be you. sitting here and chatting to you today. But I guess, you know, as an onlooker, I hope I'm right in saying that motherhood seems to be one of your greatest roles yet. Can you shed a little bit of a light on what motherhood and, and being a mum actually does mean to you? You're right. It's it definitely for me that the most what's probably the most significant role that I've had. And I see it separate to work and separate to business and all of that. I think as an individual, it's been my biggest life experience, my most significant life experience. And it just really is unlike anything else. And as women, I think we're so lucky that we have the opportunity to experience pregnancy and childbirth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're lucky enough to, to kind of navigate the tricky world that is breastfeeding. <laughs> I mean, feeding your baby from your body is such a gift. Yeah. And we're so lucky that we we can experience all of those things mm-hmm. and it's so unique to motherhood and parenthood. And I think as well, beyond all, all those kind of initial experiences as a mum, just seeing how your children, how they grow and how they sort of develop is really beautiful too because it teaches you a lot. Like yes. having my kids has taught me so much about perspective Mm -hmm. and you know you see when your kids are sort of healthy and thriving that that is just so much more important than some other like when before you become a parent you do and it's not like I'm saying you know us parents are more superior than the non-parents but you you have no idea of what time poor means until you become (laughs) a parent I think now what the hell did I do with my hours in the day like I thought I was busy I wasn't busy oh my goodness I wasn't busy at all. And so you have such a bigger appreciation for time to yourself. Yes. Time with your partner. Mm -hmm. That's just you guys. And we love being with our kids, but you just sort of think back to pre-kids and you had all the time in the world to do what you wanted to do and be completely selfish. So you need to keep enjoying that. (laughs) It's so funny. It's about to get real. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Pardon my French. But, um, yeah, I think not only do your children teach you a lot about, you know, when I say perspective too, I mean about what's really important. There was mm-hmm. stuff, the things before having kids that I used to get worked up about and upset about and think, the, you know, oh, that's just the worst. But, you know, no, the worst is when your kids are sick. The yeah. worst is when they're not happy. Mm-hmm. It really does put a lot of things into perspective and you learn to prioritise what you spend time getting upset about and what you spend time actually procrastinating about because yes. there's not enough hours in the day to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it is a huge adjustment and there is a big shift, but I feel like ultimately a lot of it is for the best. Yes. So, Well, yeah. that is great advice. My um, husband and I actually the other weekend we had like dinners back to back, like Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday mm. night, which we never usually do. And yeah. I think I said on the Saturday night like, I'm like tired and over being social already. And he just looked at me and said, you enjoy it because you are not going to be saying that when you've got a baby strapped to you, you in can, a few months. No, and I thought it's and I so like, true. Yeah, when you, um, 
<laughs> I still sort of swear by making time for date night yes. when you can. Like if you can leave Bubby with, you know, you know they're all good, you know that when they're going to go to sleep and you get someone you trust to look after them, even mm. if it's hopping up to your local Thai restaurant yeah. for an hour and a half, just make time to sort of – you'll spend the whole time looking at pictures of the baby. Yeah. <laughs> and talking but, about the baby, talking I'm about sure. the baby and, you know, what the baby's done that day and, you know. But um, it's good to just sort of get back to outside of being mum and dad and yes. being a couple and Sean mm-hmm. and I are very good at yeah. going, all right, we're due a date night. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Let's go. I think it's really important. And I think that's beautiful advice for any mums listening is to really make sure that you are making time for that because your relationship is so important. It's so important to your health and, and well-being and the way it you is. function as, as a family as well. So yeah. something I really do admire about you has been your ability to keep your family life a bit more private and away from the public eye, mm-hmm. even given you know your profile. Has that been a conscious decision? Yeah, it has. And I think... Um, by the same token, though, it's, it's such a tricky one to balance because you also don't want to be so reclusive with everything mm. and so protective that you're not sharing at all. Mm-hmm. I think now with social media, I mean, and this is just the way it is, there's the expectation that people expect to see yeah. a little bit of and if they're following you, mm-hmm. there's the expectation that they want to see a little bit of an insight into your life that yes. goes beyond just you. Mm-hmm. And... I think I've really sought to try and find that careful balance of sharing elements of my family, especially my kids, without oversharing. Mm-hmm. I, and I feel like I kind of then as well beyond that pick and choose what I share. I mean I see – I try not to judge anyone. Everyone's got what they think is an appropriate level and what's not. But then I see some people sharing things of their kids and they've got high profiles and they're sharing p- things of their kids where – I feel like I don't know if your child's going to be happy that you've shared them pooing Mm. on the floor. Yes. Because that's a bit demeaning for them and I just don't know if they're going to be wrapped with that later. You've got to think, you kind of got to think 20 years down the track because you might think, oh, but my kid will think it's funny because I think it's funny. But you don't know. (laughs) Quite often kids disagree with their parents. It's not unheard of that they're like, "Mm, I don't agree with you. It's actually more common. So. I really try and share things that I think my kids won't be embarrassed mm-hmm. about yeah, and things that I think that they will be fine with. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm very careful about that. And, I, you know, I for the first time really had them photographed with Mindful and I was very um, torn about that. I yeah, kind of okay. thought I'm, I'm not sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I feel like it's a beautiful way to share them. I feel like it's in context. It's not just some random sharing. It yes. actually – kind of underpins the whole connecting with your child thing. Mm-hmm. And I think to show me just there solo by myself kind of mm-hmm. looks a bit sad and yes. alone. And there's these children you have, but you've like locked them away in a cupboard somewhere maybe. Um, especially when you are talking about them being, you know, a lot of the reason behind yeah, your brand. Correct. Absolutely. So I even, even until, we, you know, I started to put images on the website when the website was being built, I still was a bit undecided. Yeah, okay. um, but I thought because we, we shot those videos and the, and the campaign images August last year. Yeah. It's quite a while ago. And I was Rose, going to say because Rosie's, Rosie's really little. little yeah, yeah, she's 10 months old. And I, I wanted to do that because I thought if I do use the images, I wanted to do it while she was still a baby. Yes, and she okay. kind of just turned into toddler very yeah. quickly after that. <laughs> so I thought, look, I'll have all of this this footage and these images. And, you know, worst case, I've got some beautiful absolutely <laughs> just images. stuff for me as a mum. Yeah. But I ended up, yeah, deciding to use them and, and um, 
Yeah, again, I think it's done in a way that's not oversharing. It's with respect to them. We'll be right back after this healthy break. Beautifully healthy, an exciting destination for online shoppers who are passionate about their health and beauty. As an online health, beauty and wellness community, you'll benefit from the range of relevant on-trend brands at affordable prices, personalised offers, gifts, specials and rewards. You'll also have access to rich content and easy to navigate web pages to make your shopping experience simple and easy. It's the feel-good place for all your health, beauty and wellness needs. So hustle your way to beautifullyhealthy.com.au and register. That's all you need to do to receive a $20 gift voucher. And I think it is a really interesting topic, you know, like you say, these days with social media and it's definitely something my husband and I are chatting a lot about because he's not on social media whatsoever. Like right. doesn't want okay. to, but, and it, it was, he made the comment to me a few weeks ago um, when we were away on a holiday, he said, we were watching a family take photos of their baby while they're eating breakfast, which as everyone kind of does. And he looked at me and he said, if you think you're going to be sitting at home uploading photos of our baby to social media while I'm at work and I get shown by other people of our baby, he's like, you're going to have another thing coming. And I go, Good I, on thought, him, no. I know. And it was a really, you know, and I'm, I said to him, I'm actually so glad that you said that because it had been something that had been playing on my mind. And mm. a few of my girlfriends are really quite conscious of what they put up of their kids. Yeah. Um, it's out there. It's out it's there. It's out there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, one of my girlfriends has said exactly what you did about, well, you know, my daughter doesn't have the choice of, of that photo going up. So I don't want her to look back in years and be like, mum, why were you posting that stuff of me? Mm. And so I think there's definitely the time and place. But yeah, I really like your perspective and take on that because I think it's it's a definitely an interesting one. And I, yeah. yeah. I think you need to find that balance between. Yeah. yeah. And it's what a is, tricky one. And it's also respecting what your partner Yes. Once as well because you're both kind of definitely weighing in on it together and you could be very like-minded, you could mm-hmm. be very opposite ends of the scale. So I think it's important to have that chat definitely. Yes. God, he brought yeah. it up. I know, I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm glad because I, I had a feeling he would be quite passionate about it. He's mm. definitely um, quite passionate when it comes to social media. Yeah, and, I, and that's and good. I think day, a lot of literally. men are actually. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So um, now in a recent article I did read that you did with Stella, you spoke a little bit about your reasoning behind slowing down yeah. after 20 years at the top of your game. Can you give me a little insight into that time in your life and the roller coaster of incidents that actually took place? Well, it was an interesting one because I think slowing down was more about a couple of things. One, I wanted to focus full time on this business mm-hmm. and I couldn't do my old job. Well, I could have done my old job so that, the, you know, TV and the modeling and the ambassador work and all of that and then do the business. But I knew at that stage and I was pregnant with Rosie, I thought, well, I'm going to be so under the pump with a new baby Mm. and trying to do a new business and then trying to do this other job. It's going to be too much. So something has to give. So I pulled away. I wasn't going to be my baby (laughs) and it wasn't going to be the new business because that had to get done. So I stopped my old job, Mm -hmm. Um, which was big to just stop work. absolutely. But kind of keep working on something else and then try and be a mum to a young baby. But something had to give, so it was that. So that was part of the rationale, but I think the reason why I knew something had to give was that I'd spent years, I mean so many years since the Italy thing kind of took off. And I think it was born from not 
having my moment and having to work all those years and not really get anywhere, when it finally opportunity presented itself to me, I just went, okay, I'm just going to have to hustle and work and go, go, go. And I didn't stop. For a really long time. I would stop, but it would be I was pretty much burnt out when I stopped. Mm. So I would get burnt out from just travelling and working and kind of flying everywhere and, and working really solidly. And then I would get burnt out. I would stop. To, oh, sometimes I'd sort of, you know, take myself in a little holiday or something and then back on the mouse wheel I'd go again and run, 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 and then stop. And then it would just be like this vicious cycle. And to the article that you're referring to, I think where it really kind of hit home to me was that year where I was doing Top Model and the show was based in Sydney and I was the only one that was in Melbourne. And so I had to keep flying back and forth quite regularly, quite a couple of times a week to be doing the show. And it was long days and I loved it. I loved doing the show. It was really, it was great. But I got sick pretty much the whole time I was on the show. And when you're doing a show and you've got a real pivotal role, you can't just take days off or a week off. You can't press pause Mm -hmm. because too much is riding on you. And I think there was one episode where, I think it was like episode three or something, I lost my voice completely. So I couldn't even just be sick on set and pretend I was fine. Like I'd pushed myself so far. (laughs) Yeah, and you kind of need to speak when you're doing a show. Just a little bit when you're Just a little bit. You can't be mute. And I remember they just panicked. They were like, oh, my God, really? And they wanted to get me on the phone to check my voice. I was like, I'm not lying. Like it's legit. Like my voice is gone. And they're like, okay, so they got someone from the modelling agency who was sponsoring the show to fill in for me. She did a great job actually. Um, But soon after I had just had to keep going and I got the flu. I was pregnant as well throughout the whole filming and so I – but no one knew because it was so early. So I was pregnant, no one knew, and so I was like pushing through, not feeling the best with getting kind of these bugs and viruses and stuff. And then I miscarried and – I don't think I miscarried because I was pushing myself. I think it just was one of those things yeah. that happened. Yeah. So when I found found out that I was miscarrying, I had to book him for a procedure. Mm-hmm. And again, with no one knowing, I couldn't kind of say, guys, can I have a few days off? Mm. I saw how fraught they were with, you know, just panic that I was taking a day off with the laryngitis episode. So I was like, okay, I don't think they're going to be too understanding unless I tell them what it is. And mm. when you go through a miscarriage, it's so deeply raw and personal. It's mm. not something you want to share. And being a public person, I didn't want it to get out. I was yeah. still dealing with it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I had to just suck it up. And the next day after I had the procedure, I had to – well, that night I had to fly to Sydney and then do some filming the next day and then the day after that fly to Italy. Oh, my goodness. With a big smile on my face, happy to be there. And there's that whole show that goes on mentality that you just kind of got to push through. And then that's when I went, this is ridiculous. Yeah. At what point do we keep going where we're going beyond the – candles are well burnt at both Mm -hmm. ends. There's just zero candle left. Yeah. And on I keep going through a miscarriage without that kind of – time to go no we need to stop but again it's it's I still sort of think back if I had that time again what would I do and I don't know I can't halt a whole production and there's a live finale and there's like what do you do yeah absolutely it's hard but I think what I took out from it was checking in much earlier yes checking in much earlier and kind of managing yourself a bit better so you Mm -hmm. don't get to that point. I mean, miscarriages are miscarriages and they happen and it's horrible and it's unfortunate. But I think it was being so run down and so depleted when it happened that really kind of broke me a bit. Yes, because then getting back on that 
path was even harder because you were kind of so depleted by that point. Yeah. 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 So I think it's about um, that was unavoidable, but I think leading up to that, I could have definitely been doing the checking Mm -hmm. in with myself a bit more and a bit more mindful about how much else I was taking on. I was probably taking on way too much Yeah, and being pushed too much and not saying no enough and not saying Mm -hmm no, I'm not going to do that and that I'll do but that I won't and just being a yes person. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, I think we kind of feel like now there's this like, um, and I've been talking about it a lot the last couple of weeks and I think it's a really interesting area that we feel like now because there's this, you know, whole boss lady movement and this whole like, you know, we can do it all and we can juggle it all and we can be it all and that is very admirable but at the same time, what pressure are we putting on ourselves and other women to keep doing that? Yeah. You've got to have that underlying message of, yes, do it all and be it all and have it all and strive for that and that's wonderful. But stop every now and then mm-hmm. and check in with yourself because you will burn yourself out if you're trying Definitely. to juggle it all and be it all and have it all and compete with the next person mm-hmm. and make sure you're doing it because they're doing it and it's just too much, it's too full on and I think we need to stop every now and then. I could not agree more and I think, you know, there was definitely that – I guess a big trend or that big wave of the, you know, the girl boss and that's it's what everyone, happening. absolutely everyone wanted to be. And yeah. and I think it it's so important to make sure, yeah, that we are still prioritising our health first because, yep. you know, if we're not healthy and we're not happy, then how can we be achieving our best and how can we be performing or expecting our body to perform at that level yep. all of the time? To me, I always think like, there is nothing cool at all about, you know, working till 1am or 2am, no. you know, and getting your laptop. And I know I definitely got in trap, you know, especially when you start doing something you really love or you're mm. really passionate about, there is that trap of like grabbing the laptop at night after dinner and, and yeah. getting stuck into it. And yeah, I remember my husband just saying to me like, uh-uh, there is no way. He sounds is- amazing. <laughs> we love him. He's good. He's um, awesome. <laughs> but no, it's, sometimes you do also need other people around yes. you to kind of just remind you that like, hey, you don't need to be doing that. Like you, you're mm. not achieving anything more. Instead, just be healthy, prioritise that, you know, put those healthy little habits into your life yep. and you'll actually be able to still achieve this but in the normal hours and of a day. And mindfulness is. Yes, it's just exactly. self-awareness, being mm-hmm. connected and present and and get as you say getting into those habits of saying to yourself do I need to be doing this email is anyone going to be getting I I was doing it like this before I did my replacing Mm. the laptop with the chamomile there are a few things I did need to get done because I knew in the morning that I wouldn't have time but there was like I was emailing someone at 10 p.m they weren't going to get back to me no there was a problem that needed to be sorted that wasn't going to happen at 10 p.m so why am I doing it then I don't need to and I think that's about being mindful. That's yes. about being aware and going, I'm feeling this need to do this mm-hmm. now, but actually it doesn't have to happen. Yeah. And so I think it's about breaking those unhealthy habits and with, you know, supporting it with very healthy mindset. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So in that period of time for you, did you have anyone that you kind of, I guess, leaned on or went to and said, I don't think, you know, this is like I'm cut out for this anymore or, or there's these certain incidents that are taking place that aren't really what I, how I want to keep pushing myself? No, I or think was it, it was enough a of a conversation with yourself. It was a conversation with myself yeah. and it was a bit of a wake-up call with myself, which is good. That's the best way to learn, Definitely. I think. And, um, you know, and I knew as well with having wanting to have another baby and with having already a young child, a toddler, that I thought, you know, this is this is not about me anymore. Mm-hmm. This is about them, and I I I always liken it to that um, little 
example when you're on the plane of fitting your own oxygen mask first before you assist someone else. Yeah. Like you were saying, you can't Definitely. give out of an empty cup, mm-hmm. you know. So that was enough for me to kind of go, okay. So I then sort of spent the next six months just rebuilding myself and replenishing mm-hmm. myself and saying no a bit more. And then, you know, when we tried to have Rosie, I was pregnant like first go. Healthy and rested and replenished. And, you know, not to say it's always that easy, but um, I think I really made a very concerted effort to put back into myself and take and do that self-care a bit more. It's so important. It is. Especially if you're going to share your body with another life and support it. Like it's essential. And that's the thing, you know, at the end of the day, and it's so much to kind of get your head around, like I've got a baby growing inside me and it's still surreal to think. But you know, there there is a child that is is growing from you. So Mm. if you're not getting the right sleep and and you're not, you know, you're overly stressed or all of those things, like they come into play with that. So you can't kind of expect to to grow that baby if you're not you know looking after yourself first yeah, and foremost so now let's I really want to chat about mindful life your new business lifestyle business thank you so exciting it um is. can you give me a little bit of an insight into where the inspiration actually came from you've touched on it a bit but yeah. I'd like to dive into it a bit more <laughs> well initially I just I wanted to make really beautiful safe gentle products for babies and small children I mean when I was pregnant with River and then when I had him I found that there were some options out there that ticked those boxes, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was disappointed that there wasn't more choice and where there was every product in the range where I felt, yes, I love all of these. And so for me, it was just about wanting to add to that space and to hopefully one day be a leader in that space as well and and give parents some options that gave them a bit of peace of mind and all of Mm -hmm. those things. But then as time went on, I kind of thought, I don't just want this to be a product-driven business. There has to be more. I don't just, what's my why? What's my purpose for this? Because as well, at this stage, I'd put in the groundwork and the foundations of kind of researching and understanding what products exactly I would be developing and finding a manufacturer and all of those things. But I didn't have a name Mm -hmm. for the business at that point. And I really thought that if my business had to have a bigger purpose than just products, I wanted a name that would kind of encapsulate that. So I then um, started to sort of press pause and think about what the why was because I wanted to answer that before I progressed. And then I started to just really sort of take in around me what was really happening with being a parent and what that meant and then listening to other parents that would speak to me. And I had so many parents that were coming up to me saying to me, it's such a special time having a young baby. Don't rush it. Don't breeze through it just because, you know, they would say to me their babies were grown up now and they were adults and they were out of home and they really missed kind of with a real sadness because they hadn't enjoyed it Mm -hmm. and the time was gone and they were now craving grandkids so they could go back and and enjoy it again because they didn't the first time and like it would just strangers would come up to me Mm. and then I had my own mum who has always been a big advocate of mindfulness and she'd always try and tell me to slow down and stop and be present from when I was younger especially when my career started to take off and that's been something that mum's really enforced reinforced to me especially since I became a mum so with her giving me those learnings and these parents coming up to me telling me to take it all in and slow down I started to go you know this is really resonating with me and with the products while I was always wanting to be quite conscious of how I was producing them and making sure they were safe and natural and you know gentle and all of those things it was kind of about what they represented Mm -hmm. and the time of day that they represent So that kind of then the penny started to drop and I had that light bulb moment of 
these products are great, but it's more about what they represent and this whole thing about connection, which these other parents are telling me, which becomes about being mindful and being present and being aware at that time of day when things are quite chaotic in the house and you'll find that out very soon. (laughs) But it's a time to just slow down and stop and maybe step away from be it work or the house chores or whatever it is and just immerse yourself in your child's world because they don't really want and crave our attention for that long. It seems like long when you're in it. But you'll blink and they will be teenagers yeah. and they will want to hang out with their friends yeah. or their boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever. And mum and dad and, aren't cool anymore. And mum and dad are not cool anymore. And it's about really enjoying those moments while you have them and the products then sort of become a bit of a tool to connect with them through massage, through bath time, you yeah. know, that whole time when you read stories and you get them ready for bed and you get them nice and clean and fed and relaxed and not to say that it's all, you know, beautifully calm in our house. It's full on. But I kind of embrace the full on and I Mm -hmm. embrace the chaos and I try not to rush through it anymore. And there's some nights where it's just inevitable you have to get them to bed quickly because life throws something at you and it just has to be a little bit more rushed. But I guess my message is where possible, slow down and take it in as Mm -hmm. much as you can because you, you don't want to be one of those parents that goes, oh, my God. I was just not present at all yes. and now they don't really want to hang out with mm-hmm. me and I, why didn't I? Why didn't I slow down a bit more? Yeah, That's my biggest fear, you know, is that I was too busy or mm. that I rushed it because it seemed like a chore. Yes. Those they, and it does. It can seem like a chore. Like, oh, I've got to bath them. I'm going to feed them. I'm going to get them, you know. But I think it's about changing how you look at that. Yes. And um, and that became the premise for being mindful and that's why I've called it Mindful Life. Oh, well, what a beautiful brand you have created. And I, I really liked that you touched on finding your why. I think that is such an important thing if you're going to launch a business, no matter what it is, is yeah. really figuring out why you are doing it because it's hard. Like mm. it's, it's hard work and you're relying on yourself day in, day out to create something. Mm. And so going back to, you know, and there's so many road bumps and, and curbs and all these things that you don't expect or yep. you don't want to happen, but they do happen. So going back to that why is such an important thing and it knowing is. why you're doing what you're doing. So yeah, yeah really I really, is. I really loved that you touched on that. And I must say the products have launched at the perfect time for me <laughs> um, because it is something that I'm very conscious of is, you know, ingredients in skincare. And there was an article I was actually reading from Huffington Post the other day about um, that suggested that the average woman actually puts a 500 115 synthetic ingredients on her body each day without even knowing. Wow, like, is that that's interesting? Really, really scary. It like, is scary. So you know, and I absolutely know, like, that I was so bad at that and so unaware, and you know, whacking the fake mm. tan on for years mm-hmm. and sleeping in makeup and all of these nasty things. And I just think, my goodness, like, what we're actually putting into our bloodstream is really scary. Our our body's absorbing those chemicals. It is. And I think that's, you know, with the business as well, that's another area of mindfulness where the products do come into play, which is they're mindfully made. You know, Mm -hmm. we've sourced all the ingredients um, sustainably and ethically. There's no nasties in there. We've not tested on animals. So they're mindfully made as well. And look, I'm not suggesting that people go through all their cupboards chuck everything out and only get like natural ingredients. If you if you want to do that and you can you're in a position to do that, I think that's really admirable and great, but I guess for me it's about 
just minimising those Absolutely. chemicals and minimising. Yeah. I mean, you might have your, your favourite foundation and you know it's got some mm-hmm. crap in it and you're just like, well, I can't live without it. But it's like if you can get a better hand wash, a better shampoo, a better deodorant, a better toothpaste, mm-hmm. if you like – take those stats like you said it's a perfect way to illustrate this point and what is it 515 or 51 515 515 like even if we cull that down to 100 that's better absolutely making the effort to be Mm -hmm. mindful about your choices but where our kids are concerned I think it's absolutely essential and it's a funny one too because I find that the majority of pregnant women as soon as we're pregnant, we're like, what am I eating? What am I putting yes. on my skin? We start to have this amazing sense of self-care mm-hmm. because of the baby. But it's like, why aren't we doing that well before? Well before. And then <laughs> exactly. after as well. Yeah. And then we do it for our babies, but then there's a point where we go, oh, they're right. Mm-hmm. And we just stop with this whole beautiful natural, oh, it's got to be the best and it's got to be this and that. And then yeah. for some reason we kind of stop. So I think that's a really interesting area as well about why do we kind of have this heightened sense of self-care then then we just let it go let it go exactly it should be something that we continue and I must admit I was totally guilty of I was quite conscious of it prior to falling pregnant but the Mm. moment that I fell pregnant it was just like okay this is like totally not about me anymore (laughs) this is all about this baby yeah you know I had no qualms spending all the money in the organic grocer and all of this sometimes I was like oh well I'll get the berries from here I'll get the avocado whether it's like no it's all now got to be you know for the baby which it's so right what you say we should be doing that all of the time for ourselves so I would love to know though what mindfulness actually means to you and how you're able to incorporate that into your life with such a hectic schedule but Mm. also your family's life yeah look it's for me it's one of my goals with this business because beyond the products I also want to develop eventually a lot of content online about mindfulness to educate people a bit more because I think there's a lot of preconceived ideas about what we think it is. I think Mm -hmm. people think, oh, it's for hippies or, oh, it's an alternative way or that's something to do with meditation or yoga or I don't really know or people think it's not for them because I think they don't really understand what it means. And in its most simplest definition, it really is just having a sense of being present, aware and connecting. And I'm guilty of it too and that's why I really – harp on about it and I find it useful is because I'm someone that gets in my head a lot. Mm. I have a tendency to think about what happened last week, what might happen tomorrow, and it's not a healthy way to be. And um, knowing that I'm like that, I'm the perfect candidate to be practising mindfulness. I'm exactly like you. Well, most of us are. <laughs> Absolutely, Because yes. I think we're getting so overstimulated now Definitely. too and we're so bombarded with information and about what we're busier, we're making ourselves busier and more time poor and I think it's only natural that that goes hand in hand with that way of thinking of yesterday, tomorrow, what's next? And coming back to the present moment, as all kind of hippy-dippy as it sounds, it's so healthy because you can't do anything about last week. You can't do anything about tomorrow. What you can do is focus on the now. And it's hard, and I'm not suggesting you do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because I certainly can't. <laughs> um, but I think the more that we have those mindful moments in our days – the better it is. And that's why with the products, they kind of tie into, okay, well, maybe you can use bath time to do that. Just let everything else go and focus on bathing your child or focus on giving a child a little five minute massage. That might be a way to do it. Cause it's not about taking an hour out to go to a yoga class. I mean, if I can do that, (laughs) awesome. And I do, and that's another way that I'm mindful. 
But it might be through building Lego with your kid. It might be sometimes I'm there working and I'm just like, do you know what? I've been sitting in front of this computer for four hours. That's really bad. I can have a little bit of a break. I'm going to grab the dog and go for a walk because the sun's out. The sun's out. It's a beautiful day. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So I try and, and and filter it in through everyday tasks because that's just easier for me with being so busy. And luckily, my partner Sean, he's very much an advocate for it as well. I think as an athlete, when he was playing AFL, they focused on it a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's coming up. Mindfulness is coming up, and it's being used in so many different fields of work. Absolutely, um, it's cropping up a lot more, and people are hearing about it more. But I don't think there's enough explanation onto what it is and it kind of means different things to different people in different fields of work and that's another area that I want to really grow is talking to experts because I'm certainly not an expert but be a facilitator in bringing that information to people who want to know more about it and how they can apply it to their lives and what they do. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so like I know working in the corporate environment, it was definitely a conversation that Mm. was starting to happen. And, you know, there was different workshops or activities that we were doing in the workplace. Yeah. Um, But then to me in my everyday life, it's a very different approach. Like you say that it would have been for Sean when he was in AFL. But I do think it's amazing to see the impact that it is having. And I guess the airtime that mindfulness is is now having and there, Mm. there is a lot of people talking about it and a lot of companies that are really, you know, getting on board so it's so good to see because you know in an environment or or I guess a society where we are just so busy and you know Mm. I always say it but we wear that busyness almost as a badge of honor and it's like you know you can slow down like it's so important to slow down and to Mm. to give your time your body time to restore and to you know rejuvenate and you will still be able to perform at your best you're just giving yourself what actually needs to to keep going at that level so I think it's Absolutely incredible what you're doing and I wish you you. all the very best. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to continue to watch the journey unfold and I just appreciate your time so much today. So thank you for chatting to me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.